coming to you from the lab, where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to The Gun Experiment, episode 11. This week, Keith and I speak to Will Katz from Resurgent Arms, do our first live product review, and talk about time travel. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, so be sure to subscribe and share the show with friends. So as always, by my side, the big man, Keith, how are we doing tonight? Uh, doing ex- excellent. I'm very, uh, very excited and amped up today, so uh, I'm feeling good. Good. Um, anything special going on today? Any uh, just yeah. regular grind? I, I finally on. ordered the parts to supercharge my Mustang. I'm pretty excited. Congratulations! Yeah, it's been uh, I've been talking about doing that forever, and uh, I'm I'm like I said, just super excited. I can't believe I pushed the button. Yeah, I know you were talking about either going uh, new Mustang or supercharging this one, and I'm kind of I I was going to tell you my my opinion, but I'm glad you did this. There's something special well, about you. that car. Yeah, yeah it's I'm be, glad it's you're keeping it. It's going to be a little louder, so I apologize for the neighborhood. Nah, no worries, no worries. So uh, before we get going here, I just want to say that you know. Um, Things are rocking and rolling with the show, and you know we've had a lot of really good guests, but um, we had a chance to, to review some gear, and that's one of the things we're going to be doing today, and we're going to be doing our first live review, and I'll explain that a little more later, but I, I hope that this is something that works, and, and I don't know if, you're, if you feel the same way, but I, I think it's an interesting concept, so I hope that when we get to that point, I hope that it, it plays out the way that we think it's going to. So anyway, without further ado, our guest tonight is trying to revive the gun culture in places like New York and California, which of course we know. There's a lot of uh, restrictions in those areas. And he's trying to do that by selling innovative and reasonably priced featureless gear that goes on weapons like an AR-15. Please welcome the owner of Resurgent Arms, Will Katz. Will, how's it going? Awesome. Glad to be here, guys. Oh, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. So anyway, I mean, I kind of read, read the bio and uh, you know wh- wh- what you're trying to accomplish here. Um, but how did you get into the world of firearms? Like, did, have you been shooting since you were a kid? Were you in the military? Like, tell us a little bit about how that, how you got into this world. It was honestly luck. I grew up in Los Angeles in kind of a suburban LA neighborhood, and I never would have been exposed to guns just in the course of living my life. Um, I was in third grade one day, and the local scoutmaster of my local Boy Scout troop showed up and just said, "Hey, we're opening up a Boy Scout troop." at this elementary school, anybody want to do it? And it sounded kind of cool. So I told my parents, Hey, I'd like to give this a shot. And that was kind of how I got exposed to guns was through boy scouting. Interesting. So yeah, I was, uh, I was in scouting at a young age and I got to basically up to like weeblos. And then I was, it wasn't for me (laughs) after that, but (laughs) it sounds low. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's like middle of the road, I would say, but, um, uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think that the scouts is like a, it's an interesting organization, even in this day and age, because they do expose, uh, kids to things that I think a lot of times are frowned upon, but when it's done in the scouts, for some reason, it's very acceptable. And I think that that's kind of an interesting thing. So it's interesting that it's how you, you got your start, your start with what, what's, what, what's the highest level of the scouts? Is it Eagle Scout? Eagle Scout. Yeah. Eagle. I, I have met a few of them in my life, in my lifetime. And I have to say they're pretty well-rounded, like resourceful individuals yeah how high did you go in scouts Will? i got to eagle did good you? for you you yeah, you have to yeah. Awesome. 
talk about what it's pretty crazy to get to an eagle scout right like you have to yeah, do what, so wait wait how just to, just to kind of silence keith a little bit how high is weeblo weeblos <laughs> weeblo <laughs> weeblo weeblo is kind of the bridge between cub scouts and boy scouts it's like when you're 10 years old you get to um wear the khaki uniform instead of the blue uniform and oh, you I get to so kind of low. so pretty low i take it back keith you you're right <laughs> I mean, really, Will, that's all I really wanted to get to was I was trying to compare that to, to the Eagle Scouts. So thank oh, you. Oh, yeah. Everybody looks down on the Weebelows. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when was your first experience came uh, with firearms in Boys in Boy Scouts? How did that where did that come into play? Sure. So uh, something Boy Scouts do is they go to Boy Scouts summer camp and it's like seven, eight days long. And it's a good opportunity to knock out your Eagle required merit badges. Um Quick primer, there's a bunch of merit badges. There's literally hundreds, but there's a small core group of them that you actually need to get all of to get Eagle. And a lot of them are kind of outdoorsy. It's stuff like like the camping merit badge, swimming, uh, life-saving. These are all ones that you can just go to Boy Scout camp and you can just knock them out. So it's, it's really pretty helpful in that regard. So my third summer going to Boy Scout camp, I realized to my horror that I actually – had already gotten all of the Eagle required merit badges that was offered by that camp. So I'm like, great. Well, I'm stranded up here in the low Sierras for eight days. What the hell am I going to do? And I noticed that they had a rifle range. So I'm like, ah, riflery merit badge. <laughs> so I basically just spent eight days plinking with 22 long and it was freaking awesome. awesome. It was oh, so yeah. good too. at 12 years old. Right. I'm like, I'm like, cause you grow up on movies, right? And you see people yeah. shooting guns at each other and Arnold was like, ah, do, 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 do. <laughs> and so you i got know, to mike, shoot mike and i were shooting 22s last night we we love yeah. shooting 22 oh I so love wait, it, hold on will let me stop you really sad because you said you, you said something really important to me and that is you you mentioned movies and i have friends who are very anti-firearm and i don't understand it because we grew up in the same time frame and all i remember from that time frame was like watching terminator watching like you know <laughs> Uh, Rambo and like I just couldn't and my dad was into firearms so that helps but like I'm like how did you guys not have the same childhood as me like I couldn't wait to like shoot a real gun like it was so exciting so it's cool that that seems like it resonated with you as well oh it totally was and you know at 12 years old I was not a political person all I knew sure. was oh my god I want to go shoot this and I did that's awesome and that's how that's that's how it should be right it shouldn't be a political thing it's just it's an awesome sport Keith and I, we just, we took a, a new shooter yesterday and, and, uh, I think she liked it, you know, and I think that's what it's about is having fun. I, I so. know she liked it. She, uh, she did yeah. uh, tell us that she uh, had a great time. Yeah, it's true. So Will, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you live in Texas now? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry to my California peeps. I no, do. no, no, that's okay. That's okay. So you, you live in Texas. So your business is actually run out of Texas. So what I was going, obviously you moved there from California, but what made you decide to cater to states like California, New York, where ARs are restricted? I mean, to be honest with you, you moved to a much freer firearm state. You could have just said, good for me. Like, what made you kind of say, I want to go back and, and and even give anything back to New York or California? Because that's Dude, not that's very a sen- human being like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, there's this sentiment in the gun community of like, Ugh, New York and California. I don't know what they're doing. You know, there's yeah. like this total elitism from the free states. Definitely. Um, so what got me started, you know, I've always been um, kind of a contrarian. So back in 2017, I was kind of a libertarian in my leanings. And I saw or rather heard through the grapevine that they were going to implement new rules about ARs, uh, 
I don't know if you guys know, there was a whole kind of bullet button thing that was like the end of the bullet button, right? Yep. I'm aware of it. Yep. Okay. So I thought to myself, well, I know it may not be the ideal first firearm, but I'm going to go buy an AR because it might get tougher later. So I went and I bought an AR just and actually piece it together from parts, which was a whole awesome process that we can talk about. Very similar experience for me. The New York City fact was coming in and my dad and I as a father-son project built an AR so I can relate to what you're talking about. That is really cool. So 2018 hits and now we have to go feature list or fix mag. There was no option. Or you could register to keep the bullet button, but I'm like, dude, I'm not going to pay these dudes to let me keep my stuff. Like, screw that, you know? Right. So I, uh, I decided to go featureless, which meant that I need to buy a grip. So, and I had spent so many hours on the internet, just pouring, like I really geeked out to kind of a crazy extent, just watching YouTube videos and gear reviews. So I took that same obsessiveness to trying to find a featureless grip. And after hours of looking around, I was like, dude, I don't want to buy any of this. Like, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. It doesn't inspire me to spend my money. And so I just found myself wondering, like, okay, if I was going to do a featureless grip from scratch, like if I just get rid of all my assumptions about what this thing should be, what would that look like? And I, okay. and I couldn't get it out of my mind. I just kept thinking about it. So eventually I found my design guy who I still work with today, and we just started prototyping. And that was the genesis of Resurgent Arms. Wow. So – do you have a background in manufacturing? Like, have you ever done this before? Or is, are you, do you have an engineering degree? Like, what is your, like, how did, this doesn't seem like some of the average guy just goes, well, I'm just going to make something and just does it. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> I actually have no background in anything even remotely related. I, <laughs> I have a sales background. And at the time that I started Resurgent Arms, I was an academic tutor. I was going to kids' houses doing math and science in their, you know, dining rooms. Trying to sell them, trying to sell them firearms parts. Yeah, right. Yeah, no. I whip open my my coat and I'm like, "Hey, kids, I got some guns for you." <laughs> so, um, yeah, and you know, there were some major hurdles. Um, you know, quick thank you to my initial supporters because it took us like twice as long to get the grips to them as I thought. Um, the lesson there is: don't go to China. Just don't. It's not worth yeah. it. Yeah, Keith, you can agree with that, uh, right? I can agree with that 100. percent We we've so, been talking me- a lot about. It's not that it has to be made in the USA per se. It's just it can't be made in China anymore. Yeah. So, um, so you don't have a background in manufacturing or engineering. Um, I, I have to assume that there is a hefty cost involved with prototypes and things like that. But I, I won't. I won't really press you on that too much. But what I do want to know is, you know where did you even begin this? Like if I wanted to make something today, I just, I honestly wouldn't even know how to start. So what would, what would you recommend to someone that wants to try to create something like this? That is a great question. What I would recommend to do is start with what else is out there, right? Just buy everything, buy all the things and just try them and really try to ask, okay, what do I like? What do I dislike? And if you can combine the things that other people are doing well while fixing the drawbacks in their products, you'll have a winning product. What were your okay. first prototypes like? Were they made out of Oh my god. <laughs> no, can I tell you, dude, 3D printing. Oh. Ah, okay. I, yeah. Like I don't now, even how, know how long Sorry, ago did you start that because like is, that's like a new thing, isn't it? Like didn't that just come out last week? <laughs> I mean, I think it's been around for a little while. I'm not a showing your age, Keith. 
But it's so cool. I mean, you can have something kind of mocked up in your CAD program and literally hours or 45 minutes later holding the physical thing in your hand. That's awesome. That's cool. Okay, but wait, wait, hold on. I got got to hold the phone for a second. I got to stop you there because I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. You're like, oh yeah, you just you have some in your CAD program, and then next thing you know, like I don't know how to use CAD. No, I mean I'm being I'm being serious though. Like I, for a while, I had a, a little business venture I tried a while back. It had to do with graphic design. We'll just leave it at that. And like I tried to learn graphic design, and I did learn it a little bit, but it was like watching tutorials. Forget about. It. I couldn't keep up with the big dogs. Like they could do something in ten minutes. It took me like five days. So like, what do you? So you Will, got something you there, Will. Yeah. So what, what do you mean? Like, oh, I just throw it in a CAD. Like, you must have background in CAD. <laughs> no, no. That's my design guy, man. I And okay. I got okay. lucky when I found him. So you outsourced it? I did. Yeah, I outsourced it. And Smart. I knew I would have to. There's That's Smart. not something I was going to learn. Yeah. No, you know what? The things that you're not good at, you have to outsource. Oh, 100%. And that's the beauty of um, of running a company is you can you can really just focus on what you're awesome at and just delegate. Yep. I agree. It's great. All right. Well, um, so let's talk a little bit more about the actual product. So there's a lot of options out there to make your ARs New York or California compliant. I don't know so much about California. I know New York a little better. Let me start by saying I am not a lawyer. So if you're listening to this show, do not take this as legal advice. Okay. So with that said, um, so I mean, like, let's talk about it. So for for New York, you basically, if you want to have a uh, detachable magazine and you want to have a semi-automatic, you cannot have any of the evil features, which would be a grip that protrudes below the action. You cannot have a threaded barrel or muzzle device. You cannot have a bayonet lug and you cannot have a, um, you must have a fixed stock. So those are ba- the, the, that's the, the gist, right? Can you give, cause it, it, it took uh, me a little bit to understand the definition of action too. You know, I, I mean, I certainly, uh, have been around guns long enough in my life, but these individual parts I didn't always get. So Mike, and I had to help you. I had to have you explain to me what you meant by action. I actually, can you kind of, can you go into that a little bit? Will do you, under, do you know what they mean by action exactly specifically? That's a challenge with New York, man. In, yeah, it's tough. It is tough. Like what is it? There's a little bit of a gray area there well, and that's why I, I don't I'll, really want to. I'll, I'll say how I've understood it. I've understood it that, that the, the, the bottom part of the, grip cannot extend past where the magazine would go into basically i mean like you basically can't have i I, like again i'm not i'm not a lawyer but basically the way i've always understood you can't have a pistol grip it has to basically be like your old style monte carlo style rifle Rifle. where you're basically you're gripping okay that that makes sense yeah that helps a little bit like so so picture you know just a a a a regular old rifle and, and yep. that grip. how your hand would grip that rifle as opposed to a pistol grip. Okay. So now, so there's some options out there. There's bolt locks, which Keith, you have on yours, which locks yep. every shot. It locks the bolt. So now you're not a semi-automatic. There's the Thornston stock, which I personally don't like the look of. Okay. Uh, just personal preference. There's locking magazines. There's the spur grip. And I have issues with a lot of these things. What sets yours apart, Will? That's the key for me, and I think for a lot of our listeners, like why would why would they buy yours as opposed to those other devices? And I'm sure some of it's subjective, but give us your elevator pitch. Why your product? Sure. So we did design our product to be New York compliant, which I can get into if you guys want. Um, I do have one question. Did you sure. have legal advice on it? I did, yeah. So I did my own legal research, and then I have a friend who's a lawyer, and I double-checked everything by her. Okay, that's fair. 
I, I can. I, it, as it's long good as, to know it, Will is what I have to say. Yeah, no, I, I. But if you had said no, I didn't talk to any lawyers. Got a guy and a lawyer. He's doing excellent. No, can I tell you? It was literally the first thing I did. I was. I. I, I told myself, okay, if I'm going to embark on this journey of making stuff, first I got to understand what the hell are my limitations. So, hence legal research. Yeah. No, but if you had said to me, I, I, it's an important question because if you had said no, I have not talked to a lawyer. I. I would be a little nervous right now. So I'm glad. That you, <laughs> you, I'm glad that you did. So go ahead. So keep going. I'm sorry. Sure. So why why resurgent arms grip? Well, a, there's a benefit to a standalone grip versus a Thornton stock, which is that it does not pigeonhole you into a particular cheek weld, and it's going to weigh much, much less and be lower priced, frankly. So among all the standalone grips, I believe personally that we put a heck of a lot more effort into making ours ergonomic than the competitor's. And I know because the competitors' grips look a lot like some of our earlier prototypes before we tweak the ergonomics a whole bunch. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Um, and I will say I'm going to save some of this for later in the show, but I will say that in terms of just the style of the rifle with your grip, um, it looks a little more standard than say like a Thornston stock. That's totally. that's, and, that, that's that's a good description. Yeah. And I know people have objections to the Thordson as far as how it looks. Um, I actually yeah, like I mean, how it looks, but I get where people don't. Well, you know what I always say about looks of things when it comes to just looks? First of all, it's very subjective. But um, if Eugene Stoner, who invented the AR-15 right back in 60s, if I'm not mistaken, if he had invented it and it made it look like the Thornston stock, and that's what it looked like. And then we threw a pistol, a pistol grip on it, made it look like the the actual version. People would go, ah, it's it's not it's not the way he designed. Like people would be mad about it. So I think there's a little bit of like you know, it's not the way it's supposed to be, which I totally get. Like I don't like that these states are making us change this stuff. But there's a little bit of it could be the greatest thing in the world, and people are going to say, but it's not an AR, it's not a you know, and and that's fine. That, uh, that's a fair fair of those people to say that. I just I think to some extent it doesn't matter how good the product is. It's also a little bit of. Uh, how people just kind of we're, we're a country that likes to resist and that's not a bad thing, but so what's on the horizon for resurgent arms? Um, I mean, I, you kind of, you know, you have this niche. I, I, I like where your head is at. I like what you've done, but are you just going to kind of ride this out? Do you have new products, any improvements? Are you going to kind of go just a different direction from here? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, we have, I have been like at the moment, I have a list of probably six things that we would love to roll out. And a lot of it's just a question of kind of how quickly can we make new things while keeping up with demand for our existing things. But um, I'll share a couple things with you. Something people have been bugging me about forever, and I hear your calls, people, is the <laughs> AK grip, featureless AK grip. The AK, um, the landscape of grips for the AK is kind of weak compared to the AR. Uh, it's basically just fin grips or Thordson and that's it. We have a design right now that I honestly think is even better than our AR grip. I love it. It should be ready. I'm going to guess early to mid September. So we're like kind of in the home stretch of getting this thing made. So you, that's you've kind got of a couple our, in your hands. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we, I have the 3d prototype and it rocks. So we're, uh, you know, making plastic stuff. You got to make the mold. There's a whole process to that, but, um, we're we're about to start making these. Hmm, interesting. Now, 
uh, have you at all thought of moving away from, or not, not saying completely away from, but branching out and moving away from just compliancy parts? Or is that kind of your niche and you're, you're sticking with that? I mean, have you gone into other stuff? It's definitely on the mind. And with, um, with Gavin Newsom's election in California, you know, he could eradicate our business with a stroke of a pen. Yeah. So it's definitely something I'm aware of. And we're definitely looking to pivot into the national market. A couple ideas we have for that. I think there's room to make some killer drop-in handguards for the AR platform. You know, like Magpul makes great stuff. I like Magpul, yeah. but I think there's room to improve. So, well, you know what would actually be interesting? So, like, because I, I have a Magpul um, foregrip on my uh, AR, which is on Instagram. It's, it has your parts on it right now. Nice. Um, and it's but it looks like Magpul stuff, right? Like if you could do that same kind of like clamshell design where it kind of like sandwiches top and bottom, but it looks more like a rounded uh, free floating grip, like a lot of other, that would be awesome. You know, like that's not out there. So if you can figure that out, um, you know, kudos to you. It's that, that's kind of cool. (laughs) I think you just intuited my business plan. (laughs) Shoot. I I didn't mean to give away. I didn't mean to give stuff away. Sorry. No, dude, it's all good. I mean, if someone was going to do this already, they would have done it by now. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's so, hilarious. That was, that was hilarious. That was totally uh, on. Un, uh, listen, un-posted. I'm a gun guy, so like, I'm sure the same thing. Actually, that speaks to you. That speaks to the fact that you are a gun guy. You're not just someone trying to make a buck off gun parts. You're thinking the way that a regular gun guy is thinking. So, oh, 100. Awesome. I make stuff that I would want to use first and foremost. Cool, man. Very cool. Um, so where can people find you online, social media, you know, if they want to, want to buy your, your stuff and just hang out and reach out to you on social media, where you at? Totally. Resurgentarms.com is our website. That's R E S U R G E N T arms.com. We're also on Facebook. If you search for resurgent arms on Facebook and we are on Instagram as well. If you search for resurgent arms, um, we post, you know, whenever a customer sends me a killer build photo, I'll post it on our on our Instagram account. Yeah. There were some sweet ones on there. I was looking, uh, past couple of days. Like there's definitely some cool ones. Totally. Yeah. So listen, we have a little game we play on this, uh, on this show. It's called run and gun. And we were hoping you'd play with us today. I'm down. All right. So the way it works is I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions and you're going to give us the first answer that comes to your mind. Oh, geez. Ending each sentence with a funny color. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Ready. All right. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? AK. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Barrett 50 cal. If you could have a drink with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Trump. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Trump. Just to see Every what he's like. You know what I mean? Every time like, I hear a guest say it, I get so excited. And so I can work answer. on my Trump impression because he's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the that would be the best way to have a drink with him, honestly, I think. Yeah, as him. <laughs> as him. Um favorite caliber. Seven sixty by thirty-nine. Favorite hobby, not gun related. I'm on a fitness kick right now, so free weights and diet. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Telekinesis. Because then you can <laughs> fly yourself so you get flight along with. Wow. Deep thought. Jeez. Yeah, he's thought about that. Yeah, Just a real. little. He, and it was fast too, right? Yeah. Um, all hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? 
Ooh. Trained. Is it better to be loved or feared? Feared. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? I love shotguns. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse or significant other? My best friend, Pete. That guy is freaking ride or die. Awesome. Shout out to Pete. It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. All right. So today on Top Gear, we are going to do a few reviews, uh, actually of a, a few different products. But as I alluded to earlier, we are going to do our first live review. And this is something that Keith and I talked about a little bit. We were talking about how to review a product that uh, that a guest either has sent us or that a guest is on the show. And I'm going to give Keith full credit for this. Keith said, why don't we just review it with the person? Like, let them hear our comment. Like, why, like, review it and then let them, like, watch it and then they have to call. Well, like, let's let's do it. Yeah, why do we got to tell Will, listen, your review is going to be out in a month. You can listen to it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I'm down. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I want to just throw out a few things on this product. So, I have uh, three products of yours, Will. I have the Grip. I have my, my AR did not have threads on it, so I do not have the thread cap, but I have the grip. I have the um, safety lever, extended safety lever, and I have the stock stop, which basically locks the stop so it does not adjust. And for everyone out there listening, I purchased these with my own money before I even knew Will, before he was going to be on the show. I bought them, and then I had a, a slight issue, which you guys rectified very quickly. I think there was like a, like a little screw missing. Will sent it right out to me, and while I had him on the phone, I said, hey, I want you on my show, and he was like, sure, and that's how this happened. So uh, so Will has not you know, bribed me with parts in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also told you, Will, that we're going to be honest but fair. If your product was the most horrendous product in the world, I just would not have had you on my show. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable, but um, I don't think you have a horrible product. I think there's some room for improvement, um, and we're going to kind of lay it out for you. If that's okay with you. Oh, hundred percent. All right. So, um, Keith and I went out, we shot it a little bit. I shot a little on my own, took him out. He shot it with me first. I'm going to go my pros. So first pro, um, magazine reloads function normally. So what I mean by that is if I want to drop the magazine, I just drop the magazine like I would with any other AR 15. It does not change that, that you're not locking a magazine. And I like the fact if I'm going to have an AR, I'm going to have an AR that can drop a magazine. Otherwise I don't want an AR 15. So the fact that you can drop the magazine is normal. That's a big check in my book. Um, second pro, uh, I thought it had a decent one-handed purchase on the grip. And what I mean by that is like if you, anyone is familiar with the spur, you can't hold on to that with one hand. If you want to reach over and grab a mag with your left hand, you can't hold it in your right if you have a spur grip. But with your grip, you can. E- I thought you could easily hold it with one hand and, and, and still manipulate with the other hand um keith how did you feel about that because you kind of you tested that out yeah i felt like i could definitely hand you know had good grip and control over the gun uh firearm i should say as i'm holding it um i did not have any problem with holding it with one hand um the the initial grab or the initial time i put it in my hand it felt a little awkward just because i'm not i wasn't used to it um but i definitely think that that's something that as time went on and I, I got a chance to, you know, uh, 
um, use a little bit more, shoot some long range stuff. I, I might have been able to get more comfortable with it because it, it did bring everything a little closer together. Yeah, the, the other little, I, this is a little thing, but it's a bonus. And anytime someone does this, I like it. There's a storage compartment in the grip with a little removable cap. I like that. I, just I did think like if you're that. Gonna ha- yeah, if you're going to have a hollow grip, you might as well make it into storage. Like, I think that's gr- a great. I can think of a couple things to put in there. I don't even want to know. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> um, okay, it allows for a normal looking stock and a normal functioning stock for the most part, except obviously in New York, you'd have to lock that stock. But it allows you to have a stock of your choice. I like that. Um, the stock stop, let's speak about that a little bit. Um, it was very easy to install and it does not require damaging your stock in any way, shape or form. You don't have to drill into your stock. You don't have to put a screw into your stock. You don't have to pin your stock. It it just works off of the buffer tube. And I thought it was an ingenious way to just make a quick, easy, you can basically lock your stock. And sometimes the simple solution is the best. Um. The safety, I have to tell you, of all the features that I have from you, that is my favorite. Um, nice. I think, yeah, I think that that is a tremendous price. And I'm going to say this. This is a, maybe a bold statement. I think it's better than the mil-spec safety. And I think it might be my favorite safety that I've used on an AR-15. And when I say that, I don't mean a compliant AR. I mean, if I were to make a regular AR-15, I still think I would use a resurgent arms safety throw. Wow. I agree. I agree. And and I'm going to, and for people that are listening, let me explain what this is. Think of your typical safety and then a right angle, a little nub that comes out at a right angle at the end of it. And, and it's at a, if I'm not mistaken, Will, it's at a 45 degree throw. Yep. Okay. So it's a short throw. And all you do is just catch your thumb under or over that little 90 degree nub and boom, you're, you're in business. And I, I really mean that. I think it's one of the best products in terms of safeties that I've seen on the market. And I would definitely use it on any AR-15 I build. Phenomenal product. Well, thank you. Yep. Um, and then finally, uh, my last pro made in the USA. I respect that. Keith has already kind of alluded. Yep. That's where we're all about that. So not that it has to be, but you get points for that. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, in the U S uh, you know, the dollar's worth a little more here. So we got to, you know, pay a little extra for it to be made here. But you know, if we have to get something affordable, as long as it's not China, I'm okay. And your parts are pretty reasonable too. I'll throw that on as a, as a pro as well. I mean, I think they were fairly priced. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the cons. So I only have three, um, and a couple of them aren't even that really that big. The, the biggest one for me is the ergonomics. I think the ergonomics are a little bit off for me, and I don't think that that's necessarily your fault. You're, you're sort of playing with the deck stacked against you, but it's just a little uncomfortable. Um, and what I mean by that is when the way that you have to twist your wrist, because you're not at a pistol grip, so you're not coming down, I don't want to say 90 degrees, but you're not coming directly underneath the gun. You're kind of canting your hand up, again, sort of Monte Carlo style. Um, it's, not the way the, it's not the way the gun was designed to have you hold it. So as a result of it, there's a few things I noticed. As, w- as much as I like the safety, I do, my, maybe it's my hand size, my fingers aren't long enough. I can't quite quite catch that perfectly. I have to kind of adjust just a hair for me personally. And then because your hand, your wrist is sort of canted upward, uh, it doesn't align my finger. And I tested this against Keith's who has a regular grip. 
it doesn't put my finger perfectly aligned with the mag release. So I have to adjust my grip to release the magazine. And then finally, it puts my trigger finger, instead of being completely like perfectly, like my pad perfectly on the trigger, again, because my wrist is canted, it's a little bit like kind of on the bottom of the trigger. Now, I tested this in a very unique way. Um, And I don't mean to kind of go on this big diatribe here, but I think this is important. I tested this in a very unique way. I gave it to my wife and who she's really never held an AR. She's she's okay with me owning guns, but she's just not a gun person. I said, "Hun, hold this. Grab this grip. What do you think? Here's the safety. She Here's thought you were mag- talking about something totally different. Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> <laughs> you forgot I was out here, I know. I know. Thank you for reminding me. All right. Anyway, so I said, here's the safety. Here's the mag release. Here's the trigger. And then I said, tell me what you think. Just I didn't tell her anything else. She said, safety's awesome. I can flick this so easily. I concur, exactly what I thought. The mag release, she said, I really can't get to this. I have to move my grip. I have to kind of readjust my hand. Her words, not mine. I said, okay. I said, what about the trigger? She said, no, the trigger's good. I can reach it. She said, I do feel like my wrist is kind of like up a little high and like maybe like it could be a little straighter. And I was like, okay, great. And those are exactly the things that I felt as an experienced gun owner. So I think that just the natural grip, the way that it was supposed to be or designed to be, is the way it's supposed to be. And I think you working with the what you have to work with, it sort of pigeonholes you to some of these issues. Um, I'm going to give you a second to kind of, I, I know you threw a lot at you, but is there anything you want to say in terms of like designing and, and what, how you feel about that? I agree with you. It's the California limitation of what is not a pistol grip is that the web of your trigger hand. So if you, you know, start at your thumb and go down in between your thumb and your index finger, they call that the web. That part of your hand has to be above the top of the trigger. So no matter which way you slice it, it's going to be a weird wrist angle. And we tried a bunch of different things to address that. And, And the only thing I found that really consistently helped was if you run a long length of pull and you kind of chicken wing it a little bit helps to alleviate that wrist pressure. But, um, okay. I hear you, man. It's, it's something that is, I don't know that there's a whole lot we can do about that, but, but I hear you. No, I, I agree. And like I said, the, the deck is stacked against you. The one thing I was thinking is, and I'm sure there's, there's a reason, but I feel like, and I'm, I'm trying to kind of mentally picture it, but I kind of feel like the grips a little fat. Like on the bottom, it's real wide. Is there a way? Is yeah. there a way it could have been like thinned out so you kind of grab? It, there's a little more like to grab. You're not like your and hand was, is wide. And I was thinking even too, could it be just a little more curved at those top two, that top the top two angles, the or the leading most angles? I'm trying to describe it the best way I can. Sure. Um, Does that make sense? Like in other words, it's very like thick on the bottom. If it was thinner, I feel like I could grab onto it a little easier, and it would oh, allow I see what my you mean. Yeah. yeah, my fingers wouldn't be as far back from the um, so you're from saying the mag if we, release. If we take that bottom strap and we kind of pull it forward a little bit. That might yes. be a little better yeah. for you. Yeah. Yes, I hear you. And you know what's interesting is we actually did that in our AK grip design. We, we kind of just started from scratch and just did a grip build again with no prior assumptions, and it yeah. worked out really well. So some part of me wonders, like, well, maybe there's a room to do like a V two of the AR grip using the lessons we picked up from the AK. So definitely that's something we'll look at doing. 
Yeah, just so you know, Will, I am actually available for freelancing. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might, I might have to, I might have to have you do one of our beta testers. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to test more of your stuff. So, <clears throat> second, speaking of testing more of your stuff, um, the one part I don't have of yours is the um, end plate, the ergonomic end plate, and. Keith, he actually, it didn't bother me so much, but Keith, one of the first things he said, and Keith, I'll let you take it. What did you say? I mean, I noticed it right away, Will. It was, it was probably, Mike, literally the first 25 seconds I had it in my hand. Um, it just was a sharp, like kind of pulling on, on in between my thumb webbing, I guess is the best way to, and um, I, I just noticed it right away and it made it uncomfortable and it was, it, it made me, just have to readjust a little bit and, and, and remember that it was there, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So what we're talking about for the, those that are listening and obviously you don't have a visual, where your, um, where your buffer tube meets the um, lower, you, know, you have a little bit of like some rough metal where the castle nut is. And that kind of bites into the webbing of your hand a little bit because yes. the grip makes it ride up high. Again, I, now I understand to meet the California compliancy, yeah. right? But- Will has designed a nice plate that goes there that's kind of smoothed aluminum and he's and he's going to send it out to us. So we're going to test that and we'll kind of throw it out later on in another episode. Like in a month, kind of Will. Just come back in a month. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. But um, but I'm I'm curious to try that out. I think that that would definitely take away that. I'm calling it a con, but only because I don't have that part. But I think that that may take away from that uh, that problem. Um, the third, this is a very minor, the grip storage. I love it. But it's a little tough to open. Like you need a tool to open it. You, there's nothing to like kind of, you know, open it. Almost like um, when you open the battery case on a remote control, it has <laughs> that like little, little button. You need a little screwdriver. The, 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 no, the little nub that you kind of like yeah. that little that you pinch and then it opens yeah. up. Yeah. It just it's a little hard to open up. But you know, I'm I'm really kind of throwing you through the ring. Well, here tell him to shut up. He's being picky now. <laughs> Jeez, way to nitpick. God. <laughs> um. And uh, other than that, I didn't have any cons. The only other thing I have, and this is I'm throwing it under subjective, is the looks and the I, style. I, I, I go ahead. Keith. No, oh, I was going to say I, I wanted Lil, Will to talk. Sorry about that, Will. I wanted Will to talk a little bit about um, why some of these things are the way they are. Sure. Um, do you mean just kind of the overall grip design, or well, well. I, you know, we, we, we've talked about like they have to be this way for, for some of the uh, rules in New York and, and, and California. And I, I, I would like to hear a little bit about how those rules restrict you in making a better product for users. Oh, yeah, good sure. A good question, Keith. So we started from what is legal. That was the first question we tried to answer. And for California, we're pretty lucky in the sense, or, or at least compared to you guys. Um, in the sense that we, our DOJ actually clarified the regulations. So what you have is cannot protrude conspicuously beneath the action, which is right. insanely vague, right? <laughs> but in California, we have this whole kind of web above the top of the exposed trigger thing, which is pretty objective. And then there actually is a bit of case law we can look at as well. So um, the, according to the case law, the way to do a featureless grip in California is if you look at the top of the trigger and you imagine drawing a line straight back, then that should coincide with the top of your grip. So that, and you'll notice that's true for our grip. It's true for other similar grips. So that's kind is of there, the standard. Is there a, 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 an amount that it has to, that line has to be? Um, think of it as an altitude. 
um, the web of your trigger hand has to be above that altitude, if you will. Got it. So we kind of started from, okay, so the top of the grip, the top strap just has to go straight back and it has to go back far enough that you could not grab it like a pistol grip. So okay. from that starting point, then it's like, okay, well, what feels good? Mm-hmm. And so we noticed that the, um, the wrist position that that kind of forces your hand into, like if you make, um, and anyone listening can do this, right? Make, make a, make a, uh, in your hand, like you're holding a pistol grip and point your index finger out with a straight wrist. You'll notice that your fingers, it's very easy to kind of curl your fingers. Now point your index finger down about 30 degrees so that your this wrist is, is kind of, yeah, yeah, so that your wrist is kind I'm of, doing, I'm doing it, it as you're saying. Awesome. So you'll notice that the fingers kind of want to, it's not as easy to hold those fingers in. They kind of want to splay out from the palm a little bit. You guys notice yep. that? Yep. So that's why our grip is the shape the way it is, right? Yep. Like there's other grips that like they take a pistol grip and then they just swing that grip back at a, at a backwards angle that doesn't work for that reason. It's a different wrist angle. And, and, and the only reason to want to have a grip like this is so that you don't have to, in New York, have to have a bolt lock like we've talked about before or the magazine lock like we've talked about before. Right. And you're limited to you're limited to an aftermarket design, and I know that's a little bit what Will was talking about very early on in the episode today. But you know, it starts to kind of make sense of why you have to have some of these things that make it slightly uncomfortable is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, and I I, I want to just say like it's obvious to me, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show right now. I really mean this. You've clearly put a lot of thought in this. Like, like you, the way you're describing things, there's, this isn't just like I'm going to create a product. Like, you really have thought about this, and I that's that's impressive. But, I, you know, the last thing I had mentioned, and I didn't, you know, Keith kind of cut me off, and I'm glad he did. It was a great question. But I want the subject, the subjectivity of the looks and the style. You know, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw him right under the bus. Our buddy, <laughs> Eric, our buddy Eric B. Keith. <laughs> he was like, he's like, oh, he's like, why do you have that thing on? I mean, he like, oh man, he freaking was rough on me. But like, here's the deal. I can't move to Kentucky. I can't. It's not an option for me. So, uh, and at the same time, if I have to defend hearth and home, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go through the legal system. So, you know, if, if you have these issues and you need a solution, you need a solution. That's it. That that's, that's, that's the answer. And you've provided a solution. So when it comes to looks and style, listen, I, I have a picture on my Instagram of my rifle with your gear on it, with your grip on it. And, you know, listen, yeah, I know it's not the pistol grip, but for the most part, the stock's the same. It doesn't have a threaded barrel, but I bought it that way because I wanted, I knew I was going to be playing with compliance issues. But for the most part, it looks like an AR. Yeah, the handle's a little funky. It's a little different, but it works. It does work. I mean, I was ringing steel with a red dot at 100 yards. You know, I was out the first time yeah. I, I put it through its paces, there was a guy next to me. And he was shooting and like, I was like ringing his, his steel. He brought steel and he was like, you can shoot my steel. And like, I was ringing his steel with your grip, you know? And the first <laughs> nice. time I ever shot it, the very first time I ever shot it. So can, is it perfect? I think the ergonomically it's not perfect. Is it a workaround? It is 100% a workaround. You can shoot this rifle and you can shoot this rifle well with that grip. And that and is what I can, like about it. I like yes. that. It, I like that it gives people an option to have the things, the way the gun was made from the manufacturer and the way it's supposed to be allowed, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know. There's a guy there there's a guy on um Instagram. His name is Mike. It's his real name. But his Instagram name is Knockout Lights. You ever hear of him, Will? Have not. He he's from California actually. And he's a I don't know exactly what he is. I think he's like SWAT or he he's a he's a you know, he's a door kicker. But the <laughs> guy's great. I mean the guy's great. You know, I mean like if you like if you watch his stuff and he said something today and he was like he was kind of poking fun at people and he was saying, I'm tired of the gun community making fun of people for, oh, why are you wearing this this pair of boots and why are you shooting this kind of gun? And listen, just train, just shoot. Don't worry about what other people are, are shooting. Don't worry about what someone's gun looks like. Don't worry about what, what Cerakote someone has. It doesn't matter. If you can't, if you put on um, the resurgent arms grip and you can't shoot it, and I'm saying this, it's not the grip. <laughs> okay it's not the grip like yeah are you maybe saying that because re- you can't shoot and then you all of a sudden started shooting with it yes it made me better shoot no i'm not saying that i'm not saying that. I'm, not, I'm not guaranteeing it'll make you a better shooter i'm just saying quit your belly aching quit making excuses and let people shoot what they want to shoot and just support other gun people listen there's enough people out there against us stick together all right we're all on the same side here and and you know and commend people that are trying to move the industry forward and that's it that's my rant I'm done but, man you got yeah. you, what what you eat this morning ah man I have my Wheaties um, <laughs> you know I'm just it just it kind of annoys me though because you know what like we, we really do need to stick together in this you know and and ingenuity is good and progress is good and let's just let's stop knocking each other for stupid shit amen so anything you want to add Keith. No, but I, I will. How did you think we did our first live review? Give us some feedback, man. Yeah, seriously. I mean, no, you guys are great. Look, I appreciate the nuance. And, and you're right. This is something I do think about a lot. Every product we make goes through at least 10 iterations because we're just, we're trying to be humble to like what works, you know? So I just want to, if I may, if I may, I'd like to piggyback on what you were saying a little bit, which was um, when we designed gear, our goal is to try to have is for you not to have to learn a new movement. Like with the safety, the reason we made it that way is because if someone's coming from a typical AR safety, you kind of have this ingrained movement of, Oh, if I just reach my thumb up and kind of swipe it from up to down, that'll, that'll flick the safety. So we were trying to do our best to replicate that in a compliant hand position. You hit out of the park on that one. Thanks brother. Actually, I love our safety. It's probably my favorite product of ours. But that was the goal, you know, because I only had ARs. Like I still, well, I have my AK now, but at the point when I made our grip, the AR was the only rifle, only firearm I owned. So if someone was breaking into my apartment, I was going to the AR. And the last thing I wanted to worry about was what is my hand doing? So hence, I put so much effort into trying to design a grip that was just going to, so I could not have the privilege of not thinking about it. So I could just focus on doing what I needed to do. That was what motivated right, us. Hear you. Great. So listen, we uh, we put you through the ringer. So now guess what? It's your turn. You get to put someone else through the ringer. So do you have a product for us? <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I'm glad you asked. I Because fundamentally, before I started Resurgent Arms, I was just a gear junkie. And this kind of goes back to our earlier conversation about like, you know, like you built your AR with your father, which is awesome. Um, for the longest time, I was a fan. Well, still am. Uh, my favorite stock for the AR was the MFT Minimalist. You guys familiar? I am. Mission First Tactical. Right? Great stock. Because yeah. I was kind of on this whole, like, you know, hashtag, like, low weight thing, you know? Yeah. Keith, look that up so you know what, what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, hold on, I will. 
Well, you know, I, I, would, I would go buy parts and I would be looking up the weights of the parts to try to do a low, low weight build. And the MFT minimalist kept coming up. So for the longest time, I was running that stock and it is my second favorite stock. However, at some point, somebody recommended to me, they're like, dude, you got to try the B5 Bravo stock. So I did. B5 I, Bravo? B5 Bravo. So the B5 Bravo, roughly same price as the MFT minimalist. But in my opinion, what makes this stock amazing has the best cheek weld I've ever seen. It's so good. Like if you think about the phrase cheek weld, like the word weld, weld, like if you're welding something, that's like a per, that's when you apply heat to two metals to fix them together permanently. That's what welding is. Right. When you put this thing to your cheek, you just feel like it's a part of you. It's like it, the gun becomes an extension of your body. And I'm all about ergonomics. So I love this stock because when you just, when you shoulder it, it feels awesome and you just feel so secure in your connection um, of cheek to, to stock. So I'm a huge fan of this thing and it's not that much heavier than an MFT anyway. I think it's like three ounces. So I recommend this cause it's like, frankly with love and respect to Magpul, the B5 Bravo stock just destroys any Magpul stock I've ever used. All right. And do you know what it goes for? The cost? Yeah. I hopped on, um, optics planet just now. 58 bucks is retail. Yeah. I can't beat that. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, and you know, like I've used Magpul this and that, um, yeah. and they make Magpul's great. great. They, they're great. Yeah. But the B5 man. And also to be fair, I'm kind of a skinny dude. So, you know, my collarbone is not, there's not a lot of meat blocking that. <laughs> I, sh- I share that problem. Right. I mean, you know, I was shooting my, uh, my uncle's G3, which is like a 308 battle rifle. And every round I felt like it was like the hammer of Zeus was just pounding on my collarbone. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit like, I don't like recoil. I'm, I'm like a skinny guy. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't just, remember what I said this weekend after shooting a few rounds of trap, man, I was hurt. Yeah. I, I need a vest yeah. with a pat with a pass. So, so Will, you brought up a stock and I don't want to go off a tangent, but have you seen the, I know you have actually, I think I saw it on your site, but the phase five universal mini stock, have you seen that? Is that the little one that just kind of clicks onto the end of the buffer tube? It does, but they make their own buffer tube that's like kind of like a hexagonal shape. It's it's sexy. Oh, interesting. It's a, I have seen that. Yeah, it's really. It doesn't cool. give it doesn't give that cheek weld that you're talking about, but I, it's a real it's a sick looking stock. Like if you're just going for a look, that thing's awesome looking. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I like the idea. People ask me like, "Hey, you know, what fixed stock do you recommend for your grip?" And full disclosure, most fixed stocks will not work with our grip because you just don't have that thumb room. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but that one will, yeah, those little, those little, it's almost like just an aluminum butt plate. Yep. Exactly. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. All right. So today on shooting the shit, we have a little discussion piece and we're going to talk a little bit about, a little bit about time travel because who doesn't want to talk about time travel? Um, and today's question is if you could live during any other era in the history of the world, could be in the U.S., could be anywhere else in the world, other than our current time, what would it be and why? Wow. And Will, you're our guest, so I'm going to let you go first. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hell of a question. You know, you guys, you know, full disclosure to the audience, they did email me this question ahead of time, so I've had a bit of a chance to think about it. And it's tough to answer. I mean, you know... The challenge going back in time is that a lot of really cool stuff happened in the 20th century. You know, 
like if you go too far back, you don't have stuff like penicillin or refrigeration or other things <laughs> we really like, you know. So my answer would have to Smokeless be Smokeless gunpowder. Right, you know, or or just um farming. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh I think my answer would have to be the fifties. And, you know, not that I'm like trying to harken back to some idyllic time or or whatever, but you know, I think I'll choose my words carefully here. I think there's a lot going on culturally in America that a lot of us are not on board with. And I think if you look back the last decade when things were relatively calm, you know, in the sense of like Americans, like we knew who we were, we knew what America was about. Um, that was, that was the fifties, you know, people were still more religious. Um, the family was really strong back then. That's something I care a lot about having worked in education and everybody was just really prosperous. You know, the fifties were, were a pretty excellent time to be an American. So if I had to go back fifties all the way. Good answer. All right. I just want to point out that you mentioned that I gave you the, I kind of gave this to you ahead of time. It would be really unfair to like spring this on you. Um, if I hadn't given that to you, but I want to point out to the audience, none of the interview questions were given to Will. So he would, those were all on him. So I just want to point that out. Oh yeah. That was the Um, only one you guys gave. Yeah. Um, so Keith, I, uh, I'm going to go next. I'm going to give you a little more time for for yours. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm going to go, I'm taking the next is damn, Will, like you just stole my answer, dude. (laughs) I was like, I was thinking about this all day and I was like, I'm like, maybe the twenties, the twenties was kind of awesome. You know, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But then like there was the big depression and the crash. And I'm like, I don't know if I could fit in with all that. Like the flappers, like it was a little wild for my, for me. And like, I kind of agree the fifties, like, you know, it's just like a wholesome time. Like, I don't know how old you are, Will, but like, I think of happy days. Like I grew up watching happy days when the I was a young kid. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like they had, listen, they had cool cars. They yeah, had cool. They had cool music. I like it. Even to this day, I like Elvis. Like they, they have cool music. You know, I just, I think it was just a, and I agree with what you said, Will, about the family and the, the morals and just a, it is, it really was a simpler time. You know, they didn't have as much, but what they had, everyone, there was less of the keeping up with the Joneses. Everyone kind of was just happy. It seemed happy to sort of just have their little slice of the American dream, you know? And, and I think that that's, that's kind of cool, you know? So that, that simpler time was nice. But uh, yeah, so man, I can't believe you stole it. <laughs> what about you, Keith? You know, so I, I had just as much time, I think, as all of us did to think about this. And I have come up with a pretty good answer, I think. I have a, some stipulations with it. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so I figure I would want to be able to know what I know now, right? That's the whole part, part of uh, time travel, right? Sure. I would just want to go back 10 years and be able to be old enough to take advantage of the dot-com bubble. And then I'd be retired and I would be happy. No, don't, 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 pull the, uh, don't pull back to the future on me. Get the hell out of here. Well, you said it's time travel. So that's part of time travel. You didn't, well, you didn't, I you didn't know. specify that I, that I, I couldn't. Damn it. I should have threw out the freaking disclaimer I, on that. Damn this it. is shoot the shit. This is what we talk about. I think it would be great to, you know, just be 10 years older knowing what I know now. Damn not it. 10, I didn't, I didn't throw old. the, I didn't stop the earlier. back to the future clause on you. <laughs> you did not. <sighs> I well, thought about it too. Always... I almost thought about it. I almost thought about it. I was like, nah, no one's going to do that, but you did. You can always say that. 
<laughs> like if, if I went back to when I was 20, knowing what I know now, I would just pick all the right stocks. Like, come on. Right. I, yeah, he I, took the easy listen, road. Listen, you could say I took the easy way out, but I put a lot of thought into that, Will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, fair enough. I'll, I'll let it slide. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, I, I think uh, we hit all of our bases tonight. I think, uh, Keith, what did you think of the live review? Would, would, would you like it? I think I would do it again. I, uh, um, if I'm giving instant feedback uh, live yeah. on the air, um, I, I kind of feel like, Will, do you think maybe we should have let you uh, talk a little bit in between what we were, the pros and cons? Yeah, I was, um, there were moments where I could have had something useful to say. Yes. That's okay. That's awesome. And and honestly, I, I guess that means we'll have to have you back on the show and we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll have more uh, of a conversation. That's what I felt and that's why I, I, I said the part that I said about, you know, why you had to do it that way, you know, it's, it, you really are, you know, I know Mike said, uh, you know, Dax has stacked against you, but you're, you're kind of pigeonholed into some of these things. And I think that's a whole part of what we were noticing, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of trade-offs when it comes to compliance gear. Yep. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. So, Will, I, I do want to thank you for not only being on the show, but for being willing to like kind of go through that because you really didn't know what you were walking into and you were like, Hey man, like lay it on the line and that takes guts. And I, and I really do admire that and appreciate it. So thank you so much. I want to give you one more chance to let everyone know where they can find you online. You got it, man. That's resurgent arms, R E S U R G E N T arms.com. You can search for resurgent arms on Facebook or on Instagram. And uh, would this be a good time to drop the coupon code? Yeah, you want to do a coupon code? Sure, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Okay, so anybody listening, I set up a coupon code specific to this podcast that is Gun Experiment 12. Uh, no spaces in between. That's going to give you 12% off anything you order from us. It does not expire. Awesome. And I just want to point out that I believe that is you had a 10% on your website, so we have a little bit, a little bit extra juice uh, on there, huh? That's right. Fun. You guys asked for a little more and I gave it. Just don't tell any of my other affiliates, please. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I said, listen, you got to do a little better for our listeners. We got to, got to squeeze a little more out of that. So he did. And I appreciate that. Will. thank you. Yeah. No yeah, problem. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Will. And, uh, listen, there is room for a V2 R AR grip. I know it. And we'll, we'll get there. I promise. Yeah. And, and like I, I said, I, I, it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be, you're going to, you're going to get these things figured out. I, 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 I'm sure that with that AK grip that you got coming out and, uh, you know, it sounded like you knew exactly what we were talking about. Oh yeah. Believe Definitely. me. I, I am the biggest critic of our own gear. Believe me. Yeah. I, 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 you, I can tell you're dialed in, man. You, you definitely understand, uh, what people are looking for. And even if it's not perfect, you definitely understand what, what the goal is. And that's awesome. So, um, so if you like this episode, we'd appreciate a five-star review and please, leave a comment we've had a lot of people that were leaving reviews we've had a few people leave reviews but no comments and i want to hear i want to hear from you guys and as always we will read the comments if you leave them so leave that leave that comment and we'll read them on the show also be sure to follow us on instagram and facebook at the gun experiment so we can keep the conversation going keith as always thank you rocking it as the co-host and will thank thank you. you for being on the show pleasure to be here guys take care guys 